On this episode of Kids Bible Breakdown, we're breaking down Job chapters 10 through 14. In the last chapter, Job was talking to his friends and God. Job continues in this chapter saying much of what we heard before. He doesn't like his life and he wishes God would tell him what he did wrong to deserve this. Then he starts getting a little sassy with God, asking if the plans of the wicked and him being miserable just makes God happy. Job then tells God that he knows Job isn't guilty, but that no one can rescue him out of God's hands. Good thing God has an abundance of patience. Job continues saying he knows God's hands made him, so he asks God, why would you want to destroy me? If God dislikes him so much, why did he even bother making him? Job is basically searching for a reason that this is happening to him. He wants it to make sense. And often, if our little human minds can't make sense of what's happening, we sometimes jump to getting irritated with God or blaming him for allowing bad things to happen. Job goes on to ask God to just leave him alone so he can have a minute of rest and peace before he dies. In chapter 11, Zoe is up at the mic. He says that Job is basically mocking God by saying that his beliefs are flawless, which Job never actually said. Zoe says someone needs to set Job straight, and he wishes God would speak to Job because God would speak against him and enlighten him with some wisdom. Job says true wisdom has two sides, and God has even forgotten some of Job's sin. Well, that's true. I mean, God doesn't have selective memory loss. But when he forgives... He does forgive fully to the point where it's like the sin is not only forgotten, but it never happened. God isn't going to bring back up our sin and rub it in our face later down the road. He's merciful, and each day is a new day. Zoe continues to say that God is so almighty, and he has so much depth that no one could ever fully understand him or oppose him because he is all-knowing. He also says God sees deceitful men and takes notice of them, but a man who isn't very smart can all of a sudden become wise just like a donkey can't give birth to a man. Wow, this guy seems angry. He's accusing Job of mocking God and wishes God would bring more harm to him. Then he accuses Job of hiding wrongdoing, and then he tells Job he isn't very smart. After beating up Job a little bit with words, he says the same thing that others do. If Job would confess his sin and seek God, then God would restore him and give him hope again. Otherwise, Job's only hope will come with his last dying gasp of breath. Job replies somewhat sarcastically in chapter 12. He tells his friends that surely wisdom will die with them. As in, you guys are just so wise, clearly no one can be as wise as you all. Obviously not meaning it. He goes on to tell them that they are not better than he is. He also tells them that even though they have a life of ease at the moment, they sit back and act disrespectful towards Job and his misfortune and laugh at him. Job goes on to basically tell his friends that he doesn't need them to tell him who God is and what he can do. Job says that all the animals and birds can even teach who God is and tell of his power. Job then goes on to give examples of who God is and what he can do. In summary, he is saying God has all the wisdom, all the power, and nothing compares to him. In chapter 13, Job states that he has seen all of what God is capable of and what his friends know, he also knows. He follows up by saying again that they are not better or more wise than he is. Job tells the three that he doesn't need to hear from them. He needs to hear from God. Then he blames his friends of basically lying and making up things and pretending that they are doing it all for God. But if God examined them, 
God would have some not-so-nice things to say about what he finds in them, and they would be terrified of God because he was looking at them and judging them. Then he tells his friends to stop talking because it's his turn. He says that he will defend himself against God because he hasn't done anything. Job says that no one can charge him with doing wrong because he hasn't done anything wrong. So he wants God to take his hand off him, meaning to stop causing bad things to happen to him, and he wants God to stop terrifying him. Job then asks God again why he won't talk to him or tell him what he's done to deserve this. He asks God, why are you hiding your face from me? In chapter 14, Job talks about how few and hard a man's days are, and when it comes right down to it, no one can stand pure and blameless in front of God because humans are impure. He tells God that he knows God has already determined how long he will live, so he wishes he would just leave him alone. Job says that there is more hope for a tree than him, because if a tree is cut down, it will just grow again. But Job is just going to be miserable and die. He wishes he could hide away till God's anger has passed, and God remembers how much he loves him. And when God does remember his love for Job and calls to him, Job will respond and they can have a good relationship again. But Job says just like a mountain crumbles away, God is destroying his hope and has made him so miserable that he can't focus or think about anything else except how miserable he is. And that is the end of the first round of discussions between Job, El, Bill, and Zoe. There are more rounds to come, and they are very similar to the first one. But for now, listening to how angry Zoe was at Job and then listening to Job's sarcastic reply can teach us something. Now, Job hasn't committed some outrageous sin like Zoe thought he had. But even if he had, any wisdom that Zoe may have spoken was completely ignored by Job because of when and how Zoe said it. I used to have a pastor that said, People don't care about how much you know till they know how much you care. That is so obvious here. Zoe started out by telling Job he wasn't smart, he was wrong, and he wished that he would be punished more. If someone started a conversation like that with me, I probably would just walk away. It's guaranteed I wouldn't be listening or putting any stock into anything else they had to say. And since as Christians, we are supposed to be examples of God's love and tell others about him, in order to ensure people listen to what we have to say, we should probably start with love. If people know we love them and care about them, they are much more likely to listen and believe us when we tell them about our amazing God.